Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Dana, thanks for being here on the podcast, Dana Graham. So Dana, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you? Yeah, so I'm a newborn and family photographer in Northern Virginia, and I um, really, my story is just that I wanted to be a mom. Like I didn't, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never had crazy corporate career aspirations. I never wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything fancy. My whole life, I just wanted to be a mom. And um, for anybody living in the, the Northern Virginia area, you know that that's uh, sometimes not really a thing, especially if your husband's dream job is to work for the U.S. government. <laughs> yep. So it was not really an option for me to just be home and be a mom. So I had this great career in um, insurance. Actually, I was an insurance broker and I actually loved it. I loved my team. I loved what I did, but it was a hard job and I worked a lot of hours every week and I don't, I'm not the type of person that does something halfway. And so I was very invested in it and I took um, a lot of pride in what I did, but I did not have enough time once my kids were born. And I, you know, just, I kind of wanted to find a way out and I couldn't find anything to do. I, there were tons of, you know, multi-level marketing things that I could do or network marketing things, or um, I could start a franchise of sorts, but then you have to have all this capital. And I just felt lost. I didn't really Mm -hmm. have a talent or a skill that I knew of. I didn't have a higher level of education that I could pivot in some way. I didn't feel like I had anything to grasp onto outside of this. And in the insurance industry, I didn't even know that was a job. I didn't even know there was someone who brokered healthcare insurance like before I did that. Like I didn't know. So I wasn't somebody that had this clear cut path or passion um, in my career. And I just knew I wanted to be a mom. So finally, when my second son was born, I was actually targeted with like a very well-timed Facebook ad of, Hey, have you ever started thought about starting a photography business? And I was like, well, no, because X, Y, Z, I can't do this. Cause here are all the reasons. And, you know, told myself and somehow it came up with my husband. He was like, no, you could totally do that. You would be awesome. Like you could absolutely do that. So I invested in education and said, okay, let's do it. And that's how it started. And I, um, now have a fully booked photography business in Northern Virginia just a few years later. And I have actually recently started a podcast for moms who felt like I did and just trapped in the in the grind of the nine to five hustle of that corporate life and are trying to figure out ways to get out. So I interview moms who um, have done that and done it different ways and all different industries and creatively. So I just want to share their stories and provide inspiration and convince somebody that you could do it too, if that's what you want. And I yeah. always disclaimer everything I say, like a crazy person that's, you don't have to do that. You don't, yes. you can be happy in your corporate job and I'm happy for you if you are. And that's great. It doesn't make you a lesser mom. It doesn't make you any different than anybody else. And it's totally fine. But I wanted to provide that space for anybody who did happen to feel like I did. Yeah. I love that. Um, that you, you know, of course, sharing stories, you know, that that's my jam is, yes. I love, you know, the more we can share. And so people, cause when we are walking through that season, like you said, you kind of didn't have the dream of being an entrepreneur or mm-hmm. building this huge thing. And I know that, you know, for me, I have had a similar thought where it's like, whenever anyone asks me my goals, it's like, I'd like to live a fulfilled life. Like that's yeah. kind of my number one goal beyond finances and things like that. But of course those things can help us 
do other things Achieve that can help that. fulfill yeah. us. Yeah. So it's this like weird, uh, you kind of have to figure it out. And so I love that you give that disclaimer though, because, you know, you and I have talked offline about we're target. Like, I love that you said the targeted ad. See, sometimes yeah. the algorithm works. It does. Um, oh, it totally worked. Uh, I always, my little, like the stocking that you can use in for your favor is Christmas gifts. It's this, this is the little tip I'll like give out to everyone. If you're shopping for someone, you just pick up your phone and you say, mm-hmm. I need to buy a gift for my niece. She likes ballet, <laughs> monster trucks and uh, Paw Patrol. And then you just look at your ads and boom. There it is. And you are all set. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. It's wild. And you know, there was just it. a, there's actually just an iPhone update, an iOS update that is preventing like tons of that now. So all, right, all these Facebook yes. ads and Instagram ads are about to change big time. Change so big time. Yeah. If it's you're in that field. Hate relationships. It's yes. like I value privacy and all that and I don't want it. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, like when we accidentally discovered that it was actually kind of convenient because I got a bunch of yeah. Christmas shopping done. So, right. And you um, can find your people too. I think just in yes. like a, and not even in a salesy way. I mean, obviously they're paying for that. So they're trying yeah. to sell you something, but you can find people through those ads that just don't, don't always discount them because you can find something that you didn't know you needed or a resource sure. that they provide tons of free information. So I don't hate it. It's like not a newborn great, photographer. Probably. Yeah. Like a seriously. Newborn a newborn photography. Just <laughs> yell it into your speaker. <laughs> So data. So you, um, you know, you had that, that career, you jumped into something new and, you know, we talked, you and I, as I said, you know, we've talked about kind of that when you're in the entrepreneurial world um, and it's whether it's, it doesn't matter what kind of field, if it's totally your own business, if you're working with a team or a um, marketing company, I mean, you know, like a network marketing company, I feel like whenever you get into your, the, anything that's, counts on you. You of course need to feed yourself so much mindset shift stuff because that everyone knows that the mindset is the key to success. But I feel like there's that fine line of you need to feed yourself the positivity and the encouragement and the goal setting and the dream big. But that can also go down a slippery slope of then feeling not enough. Am I not growing enough? Am I not doing enough? And it's this weird place, especially as a mom who you're you know, trying to do it all basically. So how have you found to balance all of that or to kind of just lean into what's right for you? Cause as you said, with your disclaimer on your podcast, do what works for you. Yeah. I think it's, there's a few things that go into it for me is that I have to remind myself that I started this to spend more time with my kids. I started this so that I would be in control of my schedule so that I could be work in the times that they're sleeping. And so that I don't miss their happiest part of the day, which is like mid morning, you know, and I needed to, I need to sometimes bring myself back down because I, like I also said earlier, I don't do things halfway. It's just not my personality. Like I, and it's not that I ever had big dreams, right? It's just that I like to do things properly. I like to do mm. things well. And whatever I've said I'm going to do, I like to do it the best that I can. And so it's hard to find that balance between putting all your eggs in every different basket. You know, you have to put your eggs everywhere, but to do it, to do everything well is very, very hard and impossible. So I think for me, the biggest thing is just prioritizing where I want my time to lie and remembering that there are phases in life where you are pulled one way further than the other. But like you said, there are so many people on Instagram and in general in the world that 
are entrepreneurs and they want you to do your best. They're like, oh, you can make it to seven, seven figures. Keep going, like, keep going. You've got this. You can do it, which you do need. But at the same time, um, I can't do that all the time. I did this so that I wouldn't have to work 80 hours a week. I did this so that I could move on and do something, you know, do something with my children and have more time to do that. And I think that there aren't really any accounts out there that say that's okay. I mean, we, we were talking offline. There is actually someone who um, was here was, I I think it was like some sort of viral post that just went Mm -hmm. out that was saying basically that like, you do not have to do everything and win at whatever, you know, you can actually just do what's right for you and be okay. And I think, it's like you said, the mindset work that goes into that is so intense because it's hard. It's hard to stop yourself, not keep growing and not do something more, especially when like you could use the money, like for sure. That'd be great. Yeah. Yes. It would be fantastic to make seven figures, you know? Um, so I think finding that balance is really, really difficult. Yeah. It's, um, a, a quote that a friend of an old mentor of mine, talked about is like kind of time invested in one area is time taken away from another area. And so that's why I feel like I was appreciative of that being kind of drilled into me in the sense that, you know, if I wanted to spend time in one area, that's okay. If I'm, you know, like not to be realistic, that's kind of what it comes down to is being realistic with our time, but we, it's just so easy to get caught up in the rat race because a question that I've asked people just personally for years, I was asking it because the real reason is I was trying to figure it out for myself. So of course I was asking others, um, what is success to you? Like, what does success mean? You know? And that's why I think with, if we kind of have too much of those bigger is better kind of mentalities, it's like forgetting that, you know, if you're, if you are in business for yourself or you're kind of wanting to do something on your own, I mean, if someone, the first time someone pays you for something, it's like, (gasps) this is awesome, you know, and that goes away after a while because it becomes just, it's a job, you know, and it's a paycheck. And so kind of being able to appreciate and figure out where you're at, which is why I guess goal setting is so important too, and figuring out what you're really doing it for. So for you, I know that you are growing, you're fully booked. You want to book more, right? you like not fully booked, but you're booked, but you want to grow. So with growing, where do you see yourself going and kind of managing that growth? Yeah. So for me, I think, and, and I agree with what you said, it's very hard to see your future in, in, a, in a grandiose way without setting goals. But also remember, you don't have to see your future in a grandiose way. You can see your future in a grandiose way in that you got to spend that time with your family instead, right? Or that you got to spend time doing something for yourself or spending more time, you know, getting your health on track or doing something that's valuable to you. And I think figuring out and setting those goals needs to be everything. Like, what is my goal with my family? How many, like even break it into down to hours a week. How many hours a week do I want to spend with my family? How many hours a week do I want to spend on work? And then from there, once you've broken up where you want your schedule to be and how you want to spend your actual time, because to me, time is the most valuable thing that we have. Then from there, figure out what you need to do within those hours for your business and within those hours for your family to really make a difference and an impact on what, however you want your life to look. 
And I think that's hard unless you really sit down and do it and label those goals. Like you said, for me, that's, what's really helped lately is said, okay, I'm following all these photographers that do all these different things and they have all these great ideas and they're building all these different systems and presets and courses and blah, blah, blah. I don't have to do that if that's not working for me. So specifically for me though, in my, in my business, we are actually going to be moving overseas. Whenever this comes out, we'll see, we may already be gone. So we are going to be moving overseas, which, um, brings a different element to my business because I'm obviously a locally based, um, uh, company. And so for me, my whole business is referral based right now. So it's going to be interesting to move, uh, internationally and see how that changes my business. So hopefully what I'll be able to do is kind of pivot a little bit and dive into some photography education. And I've, I've always, the, the whole reason why I got into photography in general was I always took pictures of my phone and I know everybody does, but I was like a crazy person. I have like yeah. 85,000 photos on my camera roll right now on my phone, like it's out of control, but um, I didn't know what I was doing. And so the hope is to kind of help other moms do the same thing and figure that out. But when you go to think about making a course or when you go to think about doing something new like that, there are so many people out there teaching that skill and teaching how to do that. And all of them want you to make seven figures in your first launch. Like they mm-hmm. want you to do, like, I don't need to do that. I don't need my course to be priced to do X, Y, and Z, like financially. No, like yeah. I want it to provide me a living and provide me the what I need to be able to fulfill my other goals in life with my children. But at the same time, like I want to give back. I want to do it to, to help improve other moms' lives and what they have going on with their children and their memories that they can preserve. So it's been hard for me to kind of figure out, okay, like, where is, where would be the price point for this type of course? Where would yeah. you figure out the best information to, to use and who is going to be the best mentor out there for my business? Because their opinions are going to be so different on what's okay and what isn't okay yeah. and how much you should be spending and how much you shouldn't and you know how much things cost. And it's, it's hard to navigate that. So for me, the way I've done that and navigated who to even just to invest in education in general and any mm-hmm. sort of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial education it takes time. Like mm-hmm. I highly recommend not being targeted and immediately purchasing whatever they're trying to sell you because you have no idea what the customer service is like on the back end. You have no idea what that education actually is. What you can do though is click their ad, go follow them, spend some time on their social media, wait to get enrolled in their email list, see what they're, what free content they're providing. If they uh, have values that align with yours before you make a, a purchase and invest in them, because you really don't know what, what you're going to get until you can trust that brand and trust them to know that whatever they're selling you is right for you in your business. And I think I am, I, I, my husband says that he could, he could sell me sand on a beach, which he absolutely could. I'll buy anything every day. Facebook, you're listening right now. Sell me something later. Um, but put it, put it in the feed. It has made me learn my lesson. Like you do not know what you're really buying until, until you, you know, are really invested and follow, follow that person, whether it's through their email list or through their, their Instagram. And I think trusting, trusting someone is really key before you, you dive in to take your business to the next level. What I heard you talking about there was aligning, making sure your values are aligned with whoever Mm -hmm. you're working with. And I think that's with any mentor is the value being value driven versus all the other things, because all the other things fall into place, you know, because there's, you know, if we want to grow and, and set those goals, I think that if your values are aligned, it kind of allows for that growth to happen like a safe environment. Yes. Um, so well, yeah, and values. with the values too, values are 
it's, it's a broad topic, right? But you can have so many different categories that you'd fall under. So, so like for me, my values aren't necessarily just like being a good person and not selling something that shouldn't be sold for mm-hmm. the wrong price. Like to me, like I, I want to surround myself with moms who have built businesses and who are providing some sort of service. Like if I were to hire a business coach, I mm-hmm. want it, I don't want it to be somebody who does her business coaching service 60 hours a week. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love, love, love that people do that and they're committed mm-hmm. and that's what's best for them and their family, but it's not best for me and my family. I don't mm-hmm. want somebody that values spending 50 hours a week doing her job. I yeah. just for me personally, and yeah. again, nothing wrong with that Discl- disclaimer. Me is back, but yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I want somebody that values the time that she can spend mm-hmm. with her kids. Spends with her kids. I also want somebody that values the fact that, like, hey, my husband's over, like my husband personally is overseas right now. I've been alone yeah. with my kids since July, and I yes, I have a, a babysitter that helps us, and she's great, but. I'm with them the majority of the time. And so if somebody thinks that I'm not going to work a little bit while my kids are around, like that's not a reality for me. So I don't want to surround myself with somebody who strongly, strongly believes you can't teach your kids what you're working on. You can't evolve them in Mm. in your work. You can't let them sit with you while you go through photos. Like I want to be surrounded by people who are okay with, with your kids being around and in your life as you're working, you know, your own business. So for me personally, I want to see what their day-to-day looks like and how they spend their time. Cause to me, time is the most important thing that we have. And so I I like to find people that spend their time. Like I do. Yeah. You, um, so I want to go back, take, let's go back (laughs) to the beginning. Um, you did a great job telling your story in a concise manner. (laughs) and said, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no clue, which I know so many people can relate to, but then photography came across your targeted Mm -hmm. ad, as we've mentioned. So I would love to dive into that transition of really jumping into photography because, you know, it's something that I feel like a lot of people have gotten into because it was, you know, it was Mm -hmm. their hobby and they just started doing it. And I love that this was kind of started, it sounds like it was started very intentionally, but it started from a place of, I have no clue what to do. So how did you get to that place of, cause I imagine you said you did training. So you invested mm-hmm. in training and you know, yeah, whenever so you drop I, money on something that's serious. Right. So, yes. Yeah. So I, um, I had never, I had an old, like older DSLR camera. My parents gave it to us for our, as our wedding gift. And it's nothing, it was nothing fancy. Like it's like a $300 camera, like, which is great. And mom and dad, I appreciate Love it still. It. Don't you. get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's an expensive anything, camera for yeah, regular fine, people. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, um, it wasn't anything fancy and I knew I had it and I had never like taken, I like, I don't think I'd taken it out of my closet in years. Like I had a, at the time I had a two year um not quite two year old and, um, about to have a newborn. And I, still hadn't ever taken it out of the closet. Like I didn't even know how to take it off of auto or anything. And then, um, you know, we had newborn photos done. I was like, her job is cool. We had to have them done with our daughter. And I thought, thought that for years prior. And I love kids. I've always loved kids. I said, I've always wanted to be a mom, but there's something about like the, those newborns. I mean, you can't look at them Mm -hmm. and not just want to just melt. They're so squishy and so sweet. And then toddlers are little animals of their own, which are so much fun to like wrangle and try to get to smile. And I find nothing else in the world more joyful than getting a toddler to like real giggle and real laugh and real smile. And I was like, I could do that. I could totally do that job. And then I got targeted (laughs) and then I was like, "Mm, okay, so let me see what you're about. And the, the, um, 
education company that had targeted me at the beginning. They have like an intro offer where you can spend like a dollar on your first month of their membership or whatever. And so I did, I like logged on for a dollar and I spent like a month just like learning as much as I could about my camera and how to work it. And I ordered like a hundred dollar lens and that was all you really needed to get started. So it was a pretty low entry cost for me. Um, just to like, it wasn't a lot of risk just to see if this could work. My husband was like, you can do this. You, you have got it. And so much of what I realized, I think at that point was once I figured out, okay, like I can take okay pictures. And I I thought they were really great at the time. Now looking back, I cringe a little bit, but, um, (laughs) at the time I was like, okay, I can take decent pictures, but there are literally thousands of photographers in a 20 mile radius of me in Northern Virginia. I mean, it's a very, very saturated market. And I think that was one of my big hangups at the beginning. Like, no, everybody does this. Nobody knows any, like everybody knows a photographer, knows somebody who is, but there are like hundreds of thousands of people in this area. Not everybody. I was going to say, yeah, let's walk through that because yes, that is such a, you know, when someone wants to start something new, I love how you kind of had that inkling and jumped in with low risk, you know, cause it mm-hmm. really, it was like, why not try it? Why if not? Yeah. Don't like it. Try it. So then then number two is then the doubts and fears start to creep in, which is, you know, all these people, yep. all the reasons. So how did yep. you work through some of that stuff? So at that point, so I, my, I was on maternity leave at this point. So I'm, I'm learning to use my camera. I'm like, uh, and at that time I was planning on going back to work. I, we, mm-hmm. we couldn't not, I couldn't not work. I mean, but with yeah. two kids in daycare, it was like, oh gosh, but still, it was still worth it for me to keep working. Um, Cause unfortunately I made just a little bit too much <laughs> to make it not a wash. Um, and so, and so I kept, I kept, I, I kept with it and kept doing the education and kept learning as much as I could taking pictures of my kids. And then my husband was like, Hey, you should do this and we should make this happen. And at the time, it's one of those situations where the stars sort of aligned. He was going to be going on a really long training for work and being gone. He said, Hey, what if we, he, he was going to be gone for like six months. He's like, what if we rent out the house? You don't go because I was desperate. I was desperate at this point. I had this tiny little baby who was, he was so sweet and just the perfect worker or the perfect sleeper. And just like, he was precious and perfect. And then I had my toddler who was just at such a fun age and they were just growing together. And I looked at them literally changing every single day. And I'm like, I can't go back to work and leave them 40 hours a week. Well, 50, 60 hours a week. Like I can't do that. And so I hit a total wall of desperation. My husband was like, you know what? Let's rent out the house. You can stay with your parents in Virginia beach while you, while I'm gone. And we'll, that way we can, you know, with no daycare costs and somebody basically paying our mortgage through rental, you have six months to like make it a business and make it happen. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And I think looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, what were we thinking? This was the most savage decision we could have ever made financially to just leave the security of my job. But I didn't think of it that way at that time. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And it has to work or else I have to go back to work. And I think that for me, I was at such a level of desperation that I wasn't really, all the doubts kind of went away. I was like, nope, I'm just making it happen. And this is what's going to, this is what's going to go down. And this is how it's going to work. And I have a plan. And I think I, if I hadn't been so like if my kids hadn't been quite so cute and I, it would have been easier to go back to work. I don't think I would have had that at all. Like, I think I would have been like, okay, let's keep going how life is, you know, this is okay for now. But for me, like finally hitting that wall was like, okay, 
I have to make a change and this is going to work. There was no, even, even in my mind, I didn't even think of failing. Yeah. It was oh like gosh, more like awesome. how much, it was more like what level of money am I going to make? And that was insane. Ooh, I love because, that. Because, but I didn't, but again, you have to be careful then. And that's where it started. That's where I that, know. like that, you know, that scaling race, started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you said that savage decision when oh, I just yeah. love that term, like what a savage decision. Um, but it was so outside of the box though, but like, I love that you got mm-hmm. stuff done. Like we need to like, there's, it's kind of the whole thing is that, you know, if you can't go over around through doors closed, go through a window, whatever all the cliches are, it's like, yes, if you needed money, this is, you know, this is a solution. It might sound crazy, but you did it and you got it done. And I just think that's so awesome because when people are at that point where it's like, um, the pain of discomfort is less than the pain of remaining the same. Yes. And when you're at that point though, like that's when you have to make savage decisions. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I, and, and looking back, it was a little, it was a little, um, it was, it was pretty savage. Yeah. We, we probably should not have done it quite so quick, but it never would have worked. It, exactly. it never would have worked in any other situation. And I think, you know, for us, we are, we are people who think about things for sure, but we are not afraid to make a leap. And it's, it's, it's been a bad thing in times, but I think for the majority, it's gotten us where we are in life. And I, I think when you have kids involved too, it makes you tend to want to make more conservative decisions. Mm. And so looking back, it's bizarre that I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm just going to quit my totally stable job where, which we have our insurance through and, you know, all the things it's fine. And I think that allowing people to know that it's okay to make a decision like this, especially when your kids are young, like we were going to be fine. Like we had savings if something were to happen. I mean, I'm not saying this, we did this with no backup plan. I mean, we definitely, we were like, okay, if it does go South, you know, you could go back to work and we have this to, to kind of rely on. But, um, if we hadn't taken that risk, then I don't think we would have ever done it when, you know, your kids are older and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, really dependent on you for, there's a much more financial burden that's happening than when they're so tiny and they're in school and you can't just move, you know? Um, and so I think for us, it looking back, making that decision was the best thing we ever could have done, but it was definitely a little rash for sure. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit savage, but I love when I hear quotes and I, and I don't have the exact quote, but it's like, life requires risk, you know, like helping Mm -hmm. people requires risk. Um, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone change, you know, it requires risk growth requires risk, actually healthy relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, it require that risk of vulnerability, which is of course what I'm all about. And so being reminded that you had to make a risk and do something, a savage decision to get there, I think to me is the most like important thing to remind people of because on our journeys, like when I tell my story, when I graduate, I graduated Virginia Tech, moved up to New Jersey because I wanted to be around my mentors at the time. And I slept on my friend's couch and lived with her. And I've, I like never was proud of that story. Cause it's like, I slept on her couch. Cause like, I didn't have money for rent and my parents right. had moved so I couldn't live with them. So for years, I always felt like pathetic, you know, like I'm kind of yeah. living on her couch. And I remember sharing that once and someone being like, wow, that was so brave of you to mm-hmm. do that. And it's like brave. 
didn't feel very brave. It felt <laughs> like a savage decision. So, like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to move up there. She said, and then later, by the way, it's funny side note, my friend who I lived with, she's like, I offered that, but I didn't really think you'd take me up on it. So when you did, it was like, oh, I was like, well, okay. I'm the type you call, you say it like, I don't say it if you don't mean it, you know, with anything. So, you know, but looking back, it's like, oh, I can see how to, how it, I guess it was a savage decision. I guess it was a risk. I just didn't feel like a risk at the mm-hmm. time Yes, because the pain of change, you know, you know versus that discomfort. It was like, okay, I'm willing to be uncomfortable because I want this that bad. I want to be in that area. I can't afford anything right now. So of course the most logical decision is that I'm going to sleep on a woman's couch with her kids and has no place to put me except the cat, like all this crazy stuff. That's like, can't believe I did that. But would things have worked out for my life? Had I not done that? It wouldn't have been the same for sure. It wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. Yeah. So there is some comfort for me in knowing that like, okay. And even, and even too, like uh, having that work, having Mm -hmm. that savage decision pan out and actually work amazing. And don't get me wrong. It was so hard. Like I had no babysitter. I had, I was doing everything by myself. It was, it was insane and very difficult, but looking back now, I'm like, well, I did that then this is way less risky than that was like, we had nothing. We would have lost everything. And now I'm like, "Hmm." Might as well go for it. So I think having any like any decision like that work out for you can give you a level of confidence that you might not have had before. And so not only did it work out for that time and change the course of my life, but even now, years later, it's paying off on the back end and just giving me that confidence. Like, hey, it can't it can't be any worse than what that could have been. It'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> and you've done it before. Like that's I've been right. talking a lot about like courage. My husband and I have been talking about the whole idea of how we build courage. Mm-hmm. And how everyone thinks, you know, if you're fear, when we talk about this, our kids a lot too, you know, if you're feeling fearful, if you wait until you do not feel fear anymore, you will be waiting forever. Cause the mm-hmm. only way courage is built is by doing it afraid. And it's mm-hmm. by doing it afraid that then you build that courage. And so when, you know, you're making, if you're thinking about like a life change and things like that, it's only through the doing the things, the hard things that then you're like, Oh, okay. It gets, you're building that muscle. And then I love what you said too, about like, then you can look back and say, I've done hard things before. Cause that's one of those mindset tips is that if you're going through a hard time, you find a time in your Mm -hmm. life when it's like, you know what, I've gone through hard things before I've made savage decisions. I've took taken risks before. So I know I can do it again. So right. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that got rid of the house, rented it. Boom. Now I'm feeling convicted because yep. my husband said that for us, that we could do that as something. So Jeremy, if you're listening, editing, <laughs> it'll be like, this is great. <laughs> this is great. Someone else did it. So what has been something you have learned along the way of making these savage decisions, taking these risks and kind of, you know, paving your own way, you know, not getting sucked into the rat race of just build, 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 go, go, go. But then also not not pursuing your dreams. You're in this great spot. So what have you, what's been a lesson you've learned along the way? I think for me, it was separate. It's separating my mindset and knowing what I want to do from the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. because you have a very, I, for me, I have a very wide range of people I know both online and in my life personally that have very different opinions on Mm -hmm. everything. 
nobody on this planet has the exact same opinions as you all the time. And so when you're making decisions, you need to make them for yourself and for your family and surrounding yourself with people who don't have the exact same ones, but ones that are similar to you is going to take you places. Because if I log onto my Instagram to make a post just for my business account, whatever, or something about my kids, and I just, you log on and the way it works is you're just, something pops up at you. It's not just you on there. Like you can't just go on and post something and get off. It's very difficult to do that. And so if I'm logging on there and there's somebody that's making me feel not right, either making me jealous or making me anxious, making me feel like I'm not enough, not doing enough, somebody making me feel like, you know, I've done too much and I'm way too extra. Like I don't, sides of the I coin. don't, I have yes. to unfollow. That is my biggest tip. Yes. I'm like, you have to unfollow. It's not just the negative people. Yes. Someone could be the most positive, loving, awesome person, but if yep. they trigger yes. you and in you, exactly. it's not personal. You know, it's not like you're telling them I'm not exactly. following you. Cause you know, it's your own stuff anyway. It has nothing to do with them. So. Right. Right. And you can, and that's a great way to think about it is to say, Hey, like I, I know that they are doing great and that's awesome for them, but I, it just, it upsets me too much. And for me, like when I first started, I I started following all these photographers to get like, you know, great ideas and some give out tips and advice and all these things. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing them do all this stuff. And I'm like, how are you doing all of that? I don't have the time. I can't make that happen like that. That just, I would be awake all night to make any of that happen. And so I had to unfollow, like, I I think to this day, I follow like three. I'm very limited Um, because I get very, I get caught up in the comparison game. Yeah. So I think finding your lane and like what you know is right. And like spending more time in your own head versus in other people's heads and other people's worlds. It has been so great for me. And then the second thing I think that I've learned and, and as the biggest, been the biggest change in my life since doing all of this is that confidence takes time to build. And so you can start as confident as you want. And I, I actually did start pretty confident, which is ridiculous because I had no skill or um, experience or talent, like I had none. And so I just, I don't, I think it was the desperation that kicked in. But if you go into something saying, Hey, I have done everything I can up until this point to be the best that I can be. And I am going to do it doing and getting through it and getting to that next phase is going to build so much confidence in you that you never knew was even an option. I didn't want to be confident. I didn't, I didn't go out being like, Oh, I'm going to start a business to like better myself and be feel good. And like, feel like, okay, I know what I want to do a little bit with my life more than I did before. And I know what lane I want to be in. And I think that just doing something and getting into something, even if it's the wrong thing, you can easily just pivot it and and know that, hey, I did something and it's going to grow your confidence no matter what it was. Even if it wasn't, even if you didn't do it the best way you could, or even if it was a mistake, you can say, oh, look, I made a mistake. Yeah. And now I know that's not the path. And so I can confidently walk down this other path. And so, but that takes a while. That does yeah. take a while. And so I think I would just encourage anybody in that situation to know that you are going to, be, with every year that you age, your confidence level should go up at least a little yeah. bit because you're learning so much. And if, even if you've made mistakes the whole past year, this whole past year has been hard for everybody, yeah. but if you have made mistakes this past year, it doesn't matter because you've learned what not to do in the future. You are already like gaining confidence. For That's sure. one of the biggest mindset mindset shifts that I want to like throw out to people. I mean, that was kind of with flushing it out. You know, I've been talking about celebrating our mistakes because you know, my 
go to, and I know I'm not the only one is like, we want to hide our failures. We want to like stuff them down. And I mean, even you're talking about selling your house. I'm not, I'm sorry, not selling it, renting your house, that savage decision. You, it all worked out, but you even said like, we probably shouldn't have done that. Like it made it sound like it was a mistake, but it's like, wait, but it wasn't a mistake. And and if you're giving yourself a hard time about that now, it's like, think how conditioned mm-hmm. we are that like, well, I sure as hell don't want to tell you about the stuff I've screwed up and done wrong, yep. but it, that's what like informs us. And so for me, I know that I have to just constantly shift my brain and be like, mistakes are good. You know, everything's an opportunity. And because of the, all the hard stuff we walk through, you know, we don't get to the growth unless we go through that hard stuff. So when the challenges come, of course, we don't want them. You know, we're not like, yes, thank you for these hard times and thank you for the struggle. But, you know, by leaning in and sticking with it, that's where the growth and, you know, the goodness can come from. And so, you know, it's just funny that we are just so conditioned to like not want that. Like we know it's right, but it's just like, oh, we want to be. Yes. I'm sorry. I did this big, crazy thing. Like why? That's freaking awesome. You should celebrate that. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, to like people telling you what is normal and like what you just think is normal. And, and to me too, like it was the, like, uh, and it wasn't the way I grew up. My dad was an entrepreneur. He has his own business and that was awesome. My mom was a stay at home mom. And so for me, like it didn't seem that crazy to do that. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't feel crazy, but I think in like the normal world, like, especially in Northern Virginia, Mm -hmm. like that's definitely a crazy thing to do. That is a crazy thing to do in terms of just what's normal, what you normally see. But people make it happen in other parts of the world and in other circles that you don't see all the yeah. time because you surround yourself with a certain type of person. But then that excludes tons of other circles of types of people that you don't even have exposure to. My my husband's um, family, his, his dad worked for diplomatic security and they lived all over the world growing up. They moved, they lived in Africa and the Philippines and India, and they lived everywhere. I did not move out of my bedroom in the same house I grew up in until I left for college. I didn't even move Mm -hmm. bedrooms. And so for me, moving all over the world sounds crazy. Like that sounds crazy. People don't do that. But when you live here in Northern Virginia, you're surrounded by people who just got back Mm -hmm. from two years in Africa. Like that isn't totally normal. And so I think applying that to your mindset on just a day-to-day life on a day-to-day level and saying, Hey, like there are so many people who have done Mm. this, who have rented out their house so that they could start a a job or made a big sacrifice financially so that they could get their business off the ground. And I think that's where social media comes in, in a good way. You know, you can search those people out and find somebody that's done something like what you want to do. And, um, and so I think, I think just knowing that your circle can be bigger and that you can find people who might think the way you do is a really encouraging thought. That is such a perfect bringing it all back to the beginning of, you know, challenging normal. It's, you know, breaking out of that box, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something. If you're in a place, if you're stuck in a rut in your life um, and not even a rut, like that's even almost a too strong word, but it's just, if you just know in your gut that something's not right and you want to make a change, then being willing to expand your circle. I love that you said that. And then challenge normal, because I think we, we, Mm -hmm. we start to expand our circle. We start to think and, you know, dream of different possibilities, but then we butt up against the uncomfortableness of change and 
what's normal. And we start judging, you know, I can't do that. I can't Mm -hmm. do that. But if we kind of challenge that and say, why not? Why, why can't we do that? Because as you expand the circle, as you said, we start seeing other people who've done it. So we're able to try something new, jump into a new career and make it happen. So, yeah. And get some encouragement, you know, get somebody that doesn't think it's crazy, you know, because Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people that was, when I did this, they were like, oh, you're going to quit your job. Oh, Okay. And then they're like, oh, you're going to do photography of little bit. That's cute. Like, that's so cute. I'm like, I replaced my income in one year. Like, that's not cute. That's awesome. You know? And I, and so I, I think that, but then we, then you can find people like, that's a great idea. You could, you'd be so good at it. You could totally do this. Like, what's your, what's your plan? Like, how are we going to make this happen? And I think just surrounding yourself with people that are going to encourage you and really make you feel good instead of being like, you know, feeling like you have to prove something. Yes. And don't get me wrong. Like having to prove something was definitely a large motivating factor. (laughs) I was definitely very motivated by those people. Um, but it, but I'm, I'm much more motivated by people who are encouraging over that. So it was nice to find some who, who had the same mindset I did. Yeah. And if someone is in that position for me, a tip, I would, there's the, one of the blessings of the pandemic, you know, one of the silver linings Mm -hmm. is, there's so much virtual support networking Ugh. and groups and support, you know, and all that stuff. So, you know, for me, I know I have some local groups that I've, you know, been a part of since the pandemic and been able to find people online. So where have you found support um, for your business to find those big thinkers and to find those supportive people? Yeah. So for me, when I first started, it was, it was Facebook. I mean, people give Facebook a bad rap, but goodness gracious, it's, it's yeah. still growing. Like it still hasn't had a downtrending year. Yeah. Like there's unfollow. So- just like yes, you said, unfollow. Exactly. I love my feed. I have so many awesome people in my feed. Exactly. And there's so many groups that are all like, there's a group for everything and a mm-hmm. detailed group for everything. And then a subgroup of that group that has exactly the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with. And I think educationally, there's so much, so many free resources on there, so much free, great advice. And so for me, Facebook was really, Facebook groups was the first place that I really found a community. And then, you know, when I started my podcast, I, I really built it to be a place where people came, moms came and told their stories about how they started their business. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that I would build this community of like moms who were looking to try and figure out what they want to do. And that was, and that is what's happening. There are plenty Mm -hmm. of like listeners I've had that reaches out to say, Hey, I didn't even know you could do that as a job. Oh, that's like, there are people like that didn't even know somebody could, you could do what one of my guests has done. And so I, I built I wanted to build that community of those moms who are still in their corporate job, trying to figure out what they want to do. And yes, that community is building, but what I didn't think of, which was like, duh, I should have thought of this was the community of guests that I've had on of people who have built something and done something different. And now I have all these moms who are incredible entrepreneurs in all levels of huge business with lots of employees to a solopreneur with no employees that had started, you know, in the past couple of years I have this whole range of women that I can reach out to that I've now had hour long conversations with. And I've gotten to know of a whole network that I can rely on and lean on when I need advice or help in all different fields. And I think Mm. for me, for me, my point is, is that communities come as such a surprise. You're going to find a community in a place that you never even knew was going to be possible. And you're going to get something out of it that you never even knew was around. So I think the best thing is like, if you have an idea of connecting with anybody, just reach out to them, 
because mm-hmm. guaranteed they're sitting behind their phone, probably lonely too, to some extent, and want to talk about whatever you want to talk about because clearly something they've done has triggered you to follow them or be friends with them. So I think reaching out and really making those connections and saying, hey, you're doing an awesome job. Like I love, I love this content. It's really helping me can start friendships and and even mentorships or just general to have a peer around you that's mm-hmm. doing something like you, I think is really important. And it's really cool that you can just do that right online now. It's crazy. It's awesome. That's I've definitely experienced that, you know, in the last year. I think what I heard you saying was that don't underestimate the power to create your own tribe. Mm-hmm. When because you were values driven, because you were offering you're offering support to people. So it's not selfish, you know, that you're just trying to get all this free help you're trying to right. offer. And so it's like, but what you put out into the world comes back to you tenfold, you know, and we hear that a lot. Yes. So it's like, you're putting out all this goodness to help other people along the path. And then you like stop and you look back and you're like, oh, dang, I like created this whole support for me when yes. I was trying to create support for them. So that's exactly. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I looking back, I'm like, oh, I should have realized I would have met all these great entrepreneur entrepreneur moms. And I just didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. I didn't even, I didn't even know that would happen. So it's very, um, I'm very lucky to, to have, to have met all kinds of people that I have. And it's, and it's just really the beginning too. So it's, it's very cool to realize. And I think that's something important too. Sorry to like be jumping around, but I I think it is super important to know that if you're starting a business, not everyone in your industry, in your community is going to be the right fit for you mm-hmm. in terms of like education and the way you think. And you can find so much valuable education and so much great advice in, in just business in general from people who do things very different from you. I have um, one of the guests come on as a professional organizer and she has, she started her business around the same time I did and not the same, like she's mm-hmm. going to people's houses and organizing their house. But, but what is the same is that she's going into people's houses and I go into your house to take pictures of your newborn. And she is with them at a very vulnerable time in their life when they're trying to get their house organized and they just feel like overwhelmed with clutter. And they're just at a very vulnerable point trying to get rid of things. And I come in, you know, 10 to 14 days postpartum like that is a very vulnerable time. And so you wouldn't think that a professional organizer and a newborn photographer have that much in common, but really like I've learned so much about customer service from her and just general, um, general tips in terms of how to run my business that you never would have, you know, I never would have thought to reach out to her before. So I think finding, um, help outside of your inner circle is a great, is a great way to, to do things and expand your business. Yeah. That's a great point. And you think about all the things that are cross that we are have similarities. That's why you think, oh, we don't have anything mm-hmm. in common, but it's like, wait, there's actually a lot in common yeah. and ways you can build. So, well, thank you, Dana, so much for sharing more of your story. And I think people, you know, what I love with fleshing it out, you know, kind of wanting to share more of the stories, more of behind the curtain, because, you know, when we want to, you know, so many people out there are feeling that nudge to do something, especially mm-hmm. I feel like with where we're at with the world, you know, we've gone through this pandemic, we're still continuing to go through it, but the world's opening back up again, you know, cause this is going to be, this isn't even a timely thing. Cause this is going to be right. solid next year of life at least. Um, but I just feel like whenever there's a big change in life, I think people naturally have that change on the inside. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, to give people hope that if they want to start something different, that it 
it does involve risk and it does involve making those savage decisions. So I appreciate you sharing those savage decisions that you made. And if people, um, of course, want to follow you, not only for, of course, you have your podcast. So for moms looking at different career options, and then of course, your newborn and family photography business, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So everything is kind of housed under uh, danagramphotography.com. So you'll find the links to the podcast and everything about the photography side of things. And I have all sorts of fun stuff over there. And then um, on Instagram too, I try and limit myself on Instagram to uh, just getting on and posting and uh, interacting with the people I love and the DMs I get and then getting back off. <laughs> but I'm pretty much a failure at that and on on quite a bit. So I love Instagram. And if you need to see tiny little baby toes and big chunky little cheeks. Um, My Instagram is at Dana underscore Graham. Awesome. Well, who doesn't need some uh, dopamine drops during the day by getting those little baby feet? So Dana, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Samantha. This was so fun. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.